Have you ever thought about how God calls us to himself, how God calls us to his ministry, the invitation that he offers to us? Have you thought of maybe just, or just reflected on your own life of faith, how it came about, or at certain moments, you became more faithful followers or have embraced the faith in a deeper way? We said yes to Jesus. We said yes to God the Father, striving to do his will. So today we have several examples of a call that God extended to his, to his followers. All of us are. God has extended this invitation to be his friends, to be his witnesses, to be his spokespeople. We have an example today of kind of Jesus goes to Galilee and he finds Philip and he says to him, follow me. Now, Philip says yes, but then he goes and probably is his friend and Nathaniel and he says, come. He says, come. He says, we, I, I believe that we have someone whom about whom Moses wrote, which means, and the prophet spoke about this, this Messiah, this messianic figure. He says, come. And immediately when, when, uh, when Philip speaks to him that he's from Nazareth, the first thing that, that uh, Nathaniel does, he says, Nazareth? He was already familiar with, with uh, the figure of, of um, Messiah coming from, from Bethlehem, you know, from Judea, not from Galilee, not from, uh, from this northern portion of the kingdom, instead of where the Jerusalem is and close to the heart of, you know, of, of um, Revelation, the Judea. And so it is an interesting question. He says, we have found the one. Nathaniel says, can anything good come from Nazareth? And the Philip says to him, come and see. Check it out for yourself. Come and see. And then Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, he's a true child of Israel. There's no duplicity in him. So the Lord actually compliments him. Compliments him. He's a true child of Israel. There's no duplicity. And then Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. And then Nathanael responds, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus says to him, do you believe because I told you what I, that I saw you under the fig tree? Let me just say there's, there's something missing here. There's a qu quick jump from the first response that Philip, that, that Nathaniel gives to Philip, can anything good come from it, from, uh, uh, you know, from, from Nazareth? But there's something was going on inside of Nathaniel's heart as he was sitting under that fig tree. There's something going on. And was he questioning? Was he saying, maybe you see the one? 
whatever it was, there's a type of skepticism, but something was going on inside. So when Jesus said to him, and very, very powerful words, he says, you know, uh, how do you know me? Because before Philip called you, I saw you under a fig tree. Which means something happened, was going on inside. Because the reaction of Nathaniel to Jesus' invitation was something like this, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the Son of God. Somehow the Holy Spirit convinced him and convicted him inside of his heart that he's the one. And then Jesus promises to him that if you do follow me, you'll see extraordinary things. You'll see the heavens open and the angels ascending and descending around the Son of Man. You'll see something extraordinary. Here, here it is. There's a powerful teaching here that it's not just our rational reflection, and it can be profound, that produces within us faith, love for God. There's a gift of the Holy Spirit. There's something else that goes on. There's a sort of an invitation. Yes, a person invites. A human being is an agent, is an instrument for others to be drawn, to be invited, perhaps like Philip invited Nathaniel. But then something happens, and we say yes to him because God gives us the gift. So that's why we have to always pray for one another, that we may lead somebody else, but we have to pray that they may receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of knowledge, the gift of love for God. And that's when faith becomes alive in the heart of the human heart. The second aspect today is not only just the just the invitation, because we'll talk about also John Newman, but it is that love of God that we receive. And this is what St. John in the, God, in the first readings, uh, first letter says. Um, he says, he says, look at this love that God gives us, that love that can transform the heart. Look at that love. And if someone says that, you know, that um, I don't need it, I don't need faith, I don't need this love, he says then the end product is something which we do not wish. If you say that you care for someone but you still are a liar or or you, you uh, disregard, you don't love your brother or sister, then, then John is very forthright. He is kind of tough with us. He says, you're a murderer. Because you, if you hate somebody, you kill somebody. If you hate somebody, you kill their spirit. You kill, you kill their enthusiasm. You kill, you kill their, 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 their tenderness, whatever it may be. Hating somebody destroys another person. Hating somebody may not destroy the body, but it destroys the spirit. And how many people have been wounded so badly by disregard, by rejection, by hate? And so, so this is what John says, this is not of God. And then secondly, he says that we have to not only not hate somebody, but actually we have to care for someone, manifest that love, not only in words, but especially in deeds and in truth. Because that's how it is. If someone, um, you know, if someone who is in need refuses a brother or sister, refuses him or her compassion, how can he say that he loves God? 
and how can his love remain in him? Okay, so that vocation that we see being extended to Philip and then through Philip, through Nathaniel, and then we see John himself who was called and he understands the meaning, the significance of the faith itself. We have two examples today that I'd wish to draw your attention. One is John Neumann or Neumann, if you pronounce the name in German, is Neumann, but uh, he, was, he was someone who was born in Czech, present Czech Republic, Moravia area, and then he came to the United States. Uh, he uh, entered a seminary, became a priest, he was ordained a priest, and then eventually uh, he entered the religious community, the, uh, uh, the Redemptorists. But what he did is he gave himself, in response to that love that God gave him, he gave himself completely to the people of God. He was at the service of the people. Uh, he was kind of complaining. He didn't have enough strength. He didn't have enough abilities to do things. He didn't have enough, you know, what is called sophistication because he was assigned to be a, a bishop of Philadelphia. And he wrote to the Holy See, he says, I don't fit the bill. I'm not, I'm not one of those great, you know, thinkers or of aristocratic mind. There's a lot of, you know, well, well-known and well-to-do people in Philadelphia. And yet the Holy See did not change its mind because he was a servant of God in humility and total self-dedication. He cared for the church and his diocese was huge all the way to, from, from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania through, you know, through Ohio, even Indiana. It was a big diocese to take care and he traveled a lot, but he promoted Christian knowledge. He promoted especially Catholic school systems, love for a lady, especially since he was, um, he lived during the time of the proclamation of the Immaculate Conception, dogma of the Immaculate Conception. He had such a, such a uh, great love for her and, and he wanted to make sure that, that people realized that you know, the, the, the church proclaimed her because is that in that fullness of time and the Holy Spirit will lead the church to a fuller and fuller understanding of faith. And this is how he understood this proclamation, dogma of proclamation. He was a man of God. And I think this is, again, when God calls us, he calls us the way we are, with our sometimes limits, abilities, what we can do, what we are able to do. But God empowers us, like he empowered John Newman. He empowers us, the simple priest, and he make him, made him extraordinary because only God can do that for us. We can respond to him, but if we allow him to, to fill us with that wisdom knowledge, then we're able to, to um, complete, complete that mission and to do his will, which is salvation because God loves every human person. He wants every human being to be with him. God created us for glory, but we obviously have a choice and we can choose not to follow him. The last example of someone who was called by God uh, is, is today um, the Pope Benedict XVI. I don't know if you had a chance to see some of the funeral. He started like 2 a.m. or something, 3 a.m. So 
not to, to many of us were able to see. I briefly looked at it, the summary of it, and, and you know, watching it. But there's something that Pope Benedict did, uh, as I spoke two days ago about his life, he responded to grace. He responded to grace with courage, and he was a servant of God. He served the Lord in every way he could. He gave his abilities, his courage, whatever he had, he placed it in the service of the gospel. And today, Pope Francis, uh, he didn't speak about Pope Benedict, but he spoke of Christ, and then all those who follow him in his footsteps. And I want to share some of that, that homily that the Pope Benedict, uh, sorry, Pope Francis gave uh, to, to honor Pope, his predecessor, Pope Benedict. And he, and he gave this, this teaching, a powerful teaching, because he said, Benedict was like Jesus. Benedict wanted to follow in that footsteps. So whatever we say about Jesus in relationship to the Father, we can also speak of Benedict because he followed the Lord. Followed the Lord with that deep, profound confidence, trust in him, in a childlike faith. This is what Pope Francis said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. These were the final words spoken by the Lord on the cross, his last, his last breath, as it were, which summed up what had been his entire life, a ceaseless self-entrustment into the hands of his Father. His were hands of forgiveness and compassion, healing and mercy, anointing and blessing, which led him also to entrust himself into the hands of his brothers and sisters. This image of Jesus entrusting everything to the Father and also extending himself to us, to his brothers and sisters, with what Pope Benedict did. He gave himself and trusted the Lord open to the individuals and their stories that he encountered along the way, allowed himself to be shaped by the Father's will. He shouldered all the consequences and hardships entailed by the gospel, even to seeing his hands pierced for love. See my hands, he says to Thomas, and to each one of us, see my hands pierced hands that constantly reach out to us, inviting us to recognize the love that God has for us and to believe in it. Powerful words, but, but Pope Francis said even more, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. This is the invitation and the program of life that he quietly inspires in us. Into your hands I offer my life. I want you to use me in whatever way. I want you to give me that, that possibility to serve whoever you wish, because it is into your hands I place my life. That's the program. Attuned to the voice of Christ, attuned to the wishes of the Lord, because when we are attuned, then our heart is shaped by Christ until it is attuned to the heart of Jesus 
attuned in grateful devotion in service to the Lord and to his people, a service born of thanksgiving for a completely gracious gift. And we hear God's voice as Pope Francis says, you belong to me. You belong to them. The Lord whispers, you are under the protection of my hands. You are under the protection of, every, of my heart. Stay in my hands and give me yours. Here we see the condescension and closeness of God who is ready to entrust himself to the frail hands of his disciples so that they can feed his people and say with him, take and eat, take and drink, for this is my body which is given up for you. This is my blood poured out for you. So Pope Francis speaking about Benedict, he spoke of what Jesus is doing for us, how he's inviting us, how he's inviting his followers, in a special way those who become his pastors, the shepherds. Beautiful words. This is that invitation that God entrusts to us. And then not only that we are to be shepherds, but he says, a tune in prayerful devotion, a devotion silently shaped and refined amid the challenges and resistance that every pastor must face, entrusting obedience to the Lord's command to feed his flock. Like the master, a shepherd bears the burden of interceding and the strain of anointing his people, especially in situations where goodness must struggle to prevail and the dignity of our brothers and sisters is threatened. So the responsibility of the shepherd is truly take care of the people because there's so many challenges, so many difficulties, so many you know, problems surrounding us. And yet the Lord is inviting us to take care of these people, take care of the sheep. But then the Lord does something in the course of this intercession where we are to, responsible for the people. And Pope Francis says, the Lord quietly bestows a spirit of meekness that is ready to understand, accept, hope, and risk, notwithstanding any misunderstandings that might result. It is the source of an unseen and elusive fruitfulness born of his knowing the one in whom he has placed his trust, a trust itself born of prayer and adoration, capable of discerning what is expected of a pastor and shaping his heart and his decisions in accord with God's, with God's good time. Feeding means loving, and loving also means being ready to suffer. Loving means giving the sheep what truly, what is truly good, the nourishment of God's truth and of God's word, the nourishment of his presence. I would like to perhaps read the whole homily. It's not that long, but maybe you can go onto the, uh, into the internet and just look over the homily that Pope Francis gave, the funeral homily for Pope, uh, Pope Benedict. I think that you can see how when Pope Francis was focusing on the life of Christ and he could see the same sentiments, the same dimensions in the life of a very humble, great theologian, and yet a man of such a simple faith. There's once a cardinal of, uh, of uh, I believe, of Cologne, 
who said of him, he says, he had the mind of 20 theologians and the faith of a, of a child who just received Holy Communion, the piety of a child who received First Holy Communion, the simplicity of faith. Beautiful testimony. May we today then, as we continue with the sacred liturgy and look, look at what the Lord has done for us, see what God has done for us, see what type of vocations he's giving us, see what type of witnesses he gives us for our reflection, but also for our inspiration. We are to be the sons and daughters of God. We are to be the sons and daughters of God that proclaim, that live, that love, that offer ourselves and trust ourselves to him without counting the cost. It doesn't matter. It's not the success. It's the communion that we live, that communion of love, communion of presence. When we know that Jesus is alive, and he is, when we know that he's walking with us, and he does, and we know that he's continuously pouring forth his strength, his wisdom, knowledge of love into our hearts, and we know this is true, then why should we be afraid of anything else? We can't be. We can live out our faith. Yes, the, the complexities of life are there, but the simplicity and the constancy of the presence of God in our lives is real and is true. There's one thing that Pope Benedict did. He used to be known walking with the rosary, <laughs> just like John Paul II, too, just like even Karl Rahner, too. He was caught with, you know, the theologian. All those who were called by God, they carried the rosary, and they were not ashamed to be made, uh, you know, caught by photographers walking with the rosary because they loved the Lord, and they knew to meditate and this prayer of the rosary leads them to the deeper knowledge of Jesus in them, Christ in us, Christ's love in us. And especially, and as a conclusion, where Pope Francis says about John Paul II, he says that he fed as every pastor is to feed with the body and blood of Christ body and blood of Christ, because that's when we enter into a deeper and deeper communion, and the body and blood, blood of Christ being in our hearts, being continuously in our hearts is transforming us, sanctifying us, divinizing us. So maybe then, as we conclude this reflection on, on this day of when we honor John Newman, Neumann, when we also remember that today, Pope Benedict was, um, was placed in a tomb in the Vatican where his funeral liturgy took place, and also where we hear God's word addressed to us that he's calling us, just as he called Philip and, and Nathaniel Bartholomew, as he has another name, to be his witness, so that we likewise may witness and run the race to one day share the glory of God in his kingdom, sharing the joys of paradise.
Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.